Before there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. We're brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horb. I just had a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horb. Got the Silverado, blue Silverado, thanks to Aaron and Dan over there. Took some time, but I got the Silverado. If you're in the market for a new Chevy truck, I recommend Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb, you're only minutes away from a better buying experience. Pat, big day, Bucks in the finals, game four at Pfizer Forum. We'll start with that. How are you feeling about the game tonight? Well, I'm having much better than after uh, the first two, but yeah. uh, it seemed like they got their stuff together, and everything that uh, Giannis is saying seems to be right on target. And I think if you're a teammate of his, you certainly want to appreciate what he's going through and what uh, you can do to help out. And I think uh, certainly he's uh, concentrated and bared down on his free throw making and everything he's doing. I mean, he's in rare error with respect to the 40s and, and the rebounding and things like this, points and rebounding. And and I think that's, uh, you know, we're having a chance to be something special. I mean, it's not easy. I mean, you've got to make sure you take care of home court advantage and then uh, you know pick one off down there because if you if you don't you get into three and one it makes it almost impossible to come back from that so so I think uh, this is a good uh, good time they've had a good chance to rest up and certainly uh, you can't expect that they're going to Atlanta or excuse me uh, Phoenix is going to shoot as poorly as he did the other night but uh, maybe there's some things on the buck side of things that can be improved upon as well but uh, when everything seems to be working well and they're doing good and well on defense, they they seem to be unstoppable. And uh, you know this is just kind of what we said uh, the last couple of playoff games uh, that they came back from the two down deficit, and it seems to be that that's uh, kind of their mantra, and hopefully it'll continue. And I like their mantra. I like uh, where their heads at. I am worried. There's no room for error, and they have at times had these random letdown games. And not so much with Giannis and his intensity, but these games where the Bucks should have blown a team out of the wall. I mean, they let Atlanta win a game that they probably didn't need to let Atlanta win. And obviously game two against the Nets, they didn't seem to show up. When Harden was hurt and they could have, and it was down to like just Durant, they weren't able to attack and, and run the Nets out of the building. So I am a little bit worried about this game. But I, I think you're right that as long as Giannis shows up, I, I think this game's going to come down to the wire. And I actually also think this game is going to decide the series. Yeah, and I think the real advantage that we've got here is is with the fans. I think that's one yeah. thing that 
things started going sideways, uh, I think that they'll uh, kind of crank everything up and get an intensity, and and they're going to be as impatient as anybody because they want to make sure that they get a chance to uh, get another game here. They don't want to lose this game, and then they'll have the championship decided on the road. So I think the fans are going to be excited about it. Unfortunately, it looks like it might be kind of a messy night outside for the people on the Deer Park, whatever we call it, and uh, it's not going to be as good a night out there. But but I think that there's Budenholzer seem to respond fairly well to some of the things that are happening, and uh, and I think that the team does as well. And for whatever reason, there's a little bit of a kind of a malaise, a little bit in terms of thinking that well everything's going to be all right. And I think you're you're right on target. It's not going to be an easy one. I think everybody expects it to be tough. You're not going to get the same kind of shooting out of them to. Uh, to carry the day, and and I think that uh, the, the, everything that has to work on the Bucks side has got to be just like you say, perfect. And so uh, they have the capability of doing it, and now they just have to execute. Exactly. And look, the Suns are, are right there. As I think they're a deeper, more talented team, but I think Giannis is really separating himself as really head and shoulders the best player in the series, and that could be enough to be the differentiator. If not. He might be the first player in NBA history since Jerry West to win the NBA Finals MVP without winning the NBA title. Yeah, and I think that he's really proved to everybody out there in, in the kind of professional sports land that everybody's not the same as a LeBron James and a Kevin Durant and people like that that seem to be somewhat think about themselves. I think everything he said is uh, directed towards the team, and he doesn't care about the 40 points, doesn't care about anything else other than the fact that he contributes to what his uh, players uh, and his team can do in order to be successful. I think he knows, realizes that if he just gave it to him the ball and he does his things as he used to do, I think it's not going to happen, and I think that's one thing about it. It's rare that you get a superstar like that that's willing to adjust his game in terms of making sure that they are successful because if he's continued to drive the the lane and and all the things necessary rather than dishing off and things like that, he's going to be out of the game because he's going to fall out. And so uh, I think that uh, he's, he's been wise, but I think it's just a refreshing. Everything you hear about from people talking about it is just – really not necessarily amazed. They're amazed that a professional athlete talks like that, but he just makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, it does. And then when you look at, this is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. When you look at the overall uh, impact that this finals is having uh, in Milwaukee, win, lose, or draw, Pat, I mean, the Bucks have kind of delivered on the promise of revitalizing the downtown Milwaukee area. It is weird that I think it's called Punchbowl Social. It's a bar down there that closed during the pandemic, and it's still it's out of business, so it's just an empty building right down in the Deer District. But otherwise, I mean, they've delivered. They have truly delivered on what they said they would bring to that part of the uh, city of Milwaukee. Yeah, and I think they proved that it didn't have to be a big name. It didn't have to be a Kyrie Irving or it didn't have to be a James Harden or whatever. I think Drew uh, Holiday and uh, and Middleton have done well. Uh, Connaughton has done well. Uh, Portis, I think, is becoming to be a real favorite in terms of his intensity and and and, uh, and just kind of firing up a team. He's a great locker room guy. And I think that the, all of the moves that they made have been pretty good. And so, I mean, even if, if, if heaven forbid, if you don't make it, it doesn't take an awful lot to see what you might be able to put a piece together here and 
someone else. It's not going to be a total uh, rehaul. It's going to be just kind of very minute, uh, kind of microscopic moves that are going to make this team even better than it is today. Yes, and that's the exciting thing overall in the city of Milwaukee. And, Pat, I'm not sure if you've noticed it, but it really seems like the Bucks have captured the imagination of everyone across the state. They really have. I think everybody's just tired of uh, Aaron stuff and everything right. else. And the pack of the Packers couldn't pull it off. I think that's, uh, there's a number of people, myself uh, included, that were around when Jabbar, or Kareem uh, Abdul-Jabbar was around in terms of uh, the, this championship with the Bucks. And what that did, and how enthusiastic it was, and how such a letdown it was when he left. And uh, I think they feel that this is a chance where, if they can pull it off and even improve himself next year, have a little bit of a, a run at this thing, you got someone that you can count on is going to be here, and someone that the people are kind of warmed up to. That that is uh, definitely true here, and it's it's just really fun to watch. And the Suns, Pat. The other thing I've noticed in the series. They're kind of a team that's difficult to to hate, maybe as much as the Nets were easier to hate. Atlanta was not an easy team to get really get upset about about, but the Suns are one of those teams where they're almost a little bit of a mirror of Milwaukee, where they love their team, they're behind it, they're selling you know they're selling tickets to their uh, stadium when the team's out of town. They're passionate fan base, haven't had a lot of titles, so it it is kind of a a weird kind of a mirror going on with with these two teams. Yeah, it might have it might have been a little bit of a change of the Chris Paul trade that was originally was in New Orleans, I think it was, that uh, didn't get to the Lakers off because of the commissioner putting a stop yeah. to it, and and that may have been just a little bit of a blemish on his mark. But he's been a good soldier. He's been around a long time, longer than I would have imagined. I didn't think he'd been around that long, but certainly uh, it's nice to see a little bit of a, a fresh look. No, they don't really put a lot of Chris Paul highlights on the television it's always James Harden or Kyrie Irving or or Durant or people like that or LeBron and and uh, Chris Paul uh, just is a, a kind of a grinder he just gets out and does his job he shows what he can do as far as the team is concerned and he's uh, he's kind of a consummate uh, player and and he's, he's got a great game and he's probably playing with a little bit of an injury and hopefully uh, uh, it doesn't go well until after the series is over well um, Pat everyone likes to get upset about when the ESPN or the media doesn't give the Bucks a lot of respect. Or Kendrick Perkins, former NBA player, on first take today said, if Giannis takes it to another level and wins this championship and wins finals MVP, then I think we ought to give him the credit as being the best player in the game of all of basketball, dethrone LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and whoever else. So the hype machine now working in Milwaukee's favorite, where the, hyper, the hyperbolic statements are about Milwaukee players. Yeah, that's big time stuff. I mean, you don't see many people uh, turning their back on LeBron a little bit, and that uh, if Giannis does that, I think they just say, you know, "This is a good face of the league. He's, he's, he does everything right. He's a team player. He's in a small market uh, environment. He's not looking for the bright lights and cities and things like that. He's got his brother, and he's uh, he's just a consummate teammate. And I think that they're starting to see, well, what kind of value can you place on that? Because not every team has that kind of chemistry. And if he can pull it off, uh, it may set some different thinking into the boardroom. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN. Speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks, there are deer districts throughout the Madison area. You can watch the Bucks in the Sun Prairie Deer District at Buck and Honey's in Sun Prairie. You can watch the Bucks in the Oregon Deer District at headquarters in Oregon. You can watch the Bucks at the Madison Deer District at State Street Brats. And you can watch the Bucks at the Verona Deer District. 
Draft House in Verona. They have $3 pints of Coors Light, $9.50 pitchers of Coors Light, big t- big uh, TVs, several big screens throughout the entire location. They'll all be on the on the game. And weather holds. They have that large outdoor patio. Or I should say maybe if weather passes by fast enough, uh, they'll have that large outdoor patio open as well. Enjoy the Milwaukee Bucks at Buck and Honey's Draft House Headquarters or State Street Brats. All deer districts in the Madison area. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. You're listening to Madison's home for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Middleton to Giannis, caught it, slam it! 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin on demand. Welcome to the Hotel California. There's no Hotel Tampa. Unfortunately not. You know, I was trying. I know St. Louis a few years back had Gloria uh, by Laura Branigan is their song. Yeah. Tampa doesn't really have one, so I guess it's just the Eagles for you. I don't even know any groups. I mean, I, Jimmy Buffett's not really Tampa. He's more Keys. Yeah, he's more South. Yeah. I got nothing for you for Tampa. I mean, Milwaukee's got Cuckoo Cal. <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughan. Cheryl Crow. Uh, she, well, she's not like Milwaukee base. She's a Bucks fan. But that like, counts, right? We can yeah. claim her. All right. If you need to protect your home or business, there's only one call to make. JK Security Solutions. The JK, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. For more information, call 2555-799 or visit jksecurity.com. Jim Rutledge, alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, now joined by Wisconsin and NHL athlete Barry Richter. And uh, guys, before we get into the Tampa and, and them winning the, the the title here, I wanted to point out that Wisconsin named its athletes of the year, and it's Cole Caulfield from the men's team and Daryl Watts from the women's team. So perfect timing. That tweet came out, uh, at least was sent my way during the commercial break. So you guys can react to that as well. Well, you can't take that away from Cole Caulfield. That's for sure. I think that. Uh Certainly the, uh, the the Stanley Cup kind of turned out the way you would expect it, I think, Barry. And you kind of mentioned they were going to be a pretty strong bunch. Uh, how much do you think that uh, this is maybe a f- team of the future or how much is going to be, be hurt by the draft of the, the Kraken that's going to break this team up? I think it's more of a salary cap, Dad, that's going to be anything that's going to break up uh, Tampa Bay. But the the real core, is, uh, from what I hear, is still going to be around. They're going to keep, miss a couple key components, but uh, they're going to be right up against the cap. So they're going to they're going to have to move some guys uh, this summer that were part of this team. But uh, overall, uh, you know, Vasilevsky will be there. You got McDonough's going to be there. Kucherov, you know, Headman. Uh, when you look down the list of the, the key components of this team, you know, they're, they're very much going to be there next year. So, that, you know, it's just going to be a matter of, uh, you know, can they replenish those key bit parts you know, with, with some good players and, and go for number three? They, they very well could. Do you think that, uh, you know, in terms of it's not easy to win this thing, obviously, and it's not necessarily a, a parity type draft, so there's a lot of impact players in the draft and whatever, but, uh what what do you think is the real key to their success? Is it the front office? Is it uh, John Cooper? His demeanor? I mean, he's kind of like a, a certainly a different coach than you normally have seen. But I think just based on what we've seen, you really can't uh, can't uh, turn your back on uh, on the uh, the Devils with the way that they played. And and I think that 
you know, uh, the coaches that uh, they're, they're in the league now, a lot of them are different. But what's, what makes John Cooper as different as, as some of these teams? Well, I think John Cooper, when you look at it, he's had success at every single level and, and, and way back when, just coaching high school in Michigan. And then he came over and coached the Green Bay Gamblers and won a championship there and has, has risen through the ranks all the way through the minors. And, and then you have him with, with the Lightning in Tampa Bay. And, and if you just watch him speak, he has a calm demeanor about him and, and he connects with the players. Um, he is a new modern version uh, you can't be the old school and, and berate players anymore. You have to connect with them. You got to communicate, and you got to explain why you're making decisions nowadays, rather than to say, "Hey, you know, shut up and sit on the bench" type of thing. So he, he you can just see it in the, in the parade and the celebrations of the love that they have for him for each other, and it's a, and it's a special bond. So he's one of those key, really uh, elite coaches that has that. There's not many coaches that can just really connect with their players like he can. And you definitely see it when they play for him and it comes out. So Breezebois, who is the GM there, has done a good job where he's brought in a couple players. They brought in a, a defenseman, um, Savard, who was a key component from the Columbus Blue Jackets to add some toughness and has made a couple moves here and there where he brought in some some key players. So you got to give credit to the GM, Breezebois, as well. Yeah, I guess I, I mentioned the Devils. I really met the Islanders with Barry Trotz, and uh, he looks like a, certainly a different sort of guy. I don't know where he gets his suits, but he looks like he's got a two-by-four across his shoulders. But uh, he certainly <laughs> did a great job. But he's he's one of those guys. He, he looks like a guy that might be kind of a, a yeller or screamer, but I guess he isn't really. He's more like Cooper than anybody else. Yeah, he is. And, uh, well, you're not far off by calling him the Devils, by the way, Dad, when uh, you got Lou Lamorello, who's the GM of the New York Islanders, and uh, he was the old uh, GM for the New Jersey Devils when they won all those Stanley Cups. So he's got a recipe, right? And uh, and they've done a good job of the recipe, and it fits with Barry Trotz, the coach there. And he's another example of a coach that understands how to connect with players. And you saw it when he coached the Washington Capitals uh, before then. You know, Alex Ovechkin was an elite goal scorer, but th- did he play the real 200-foot game, a two-way game? And and Trotz brought that to him, and, and they were successful, and they won the cup a couple of several years ago with uh, Ovechkin, you know, buying into Barry Trotz's system. And that's what the Islanders have done, too. Or they, they, they buy in the system, they wear teams down. It's not an exciting uh, brand of hockey, but at the same time, it's highly successful, and it does very well in the playoffs. Speaking of uh, Caulfield, uh, is there any way that he could have been a better addition to the Montreal Canadiens? I mean, I. I think you've seen a number of guys come into the league that uh, right off of the college ranks, but uh, very few get an opportunity to play, let alone play in, in a Stanley Cup final. But uh, well, how would you kind of wrap a bowl around that one? Yeah, he, uh, I thought he came in and played extremely well under the circumstances. And uh, once again, credit goes to Montreal to ease him into it. And they had some salary cap issues where they couldn't put him into the Put, put him in right away in the regular season, but uh, if, if everyone recalls, you know, when the first uh, start, you know, the first couple of weeks of the playoffs started, he was scratched. He didn't even play, and so it's just amazing to see his progression. And then all of a sudden, when he got his chance, when he got his moment, he did very well under pressure and in the playoffs. Uh, he's a he just his offensive skill level is off the charts, world class. So. Uh, you got to give hats off to for him to to make that step. All of a sudden, you're playing college with uh, 19 and 20 year olds in the college ranks, and then you go and play with the the best in the world. 
and he he fit in. He he fits in right right there. So I think Montreal's got to be very happy with the way he came into play, along with Suzuki, who's another young player. And the future is pretty bright in Montreal with, with all the additions they made. In fact, I think at the end they were on the first line. Where they kind of shook things up towards the end, and they got he and Suzuki, and that's that's another change in terms of uh, what's going on. There were a couple of guys that uh, did extremely well, and he, I think they were as enthusiastic as his he was in getting on the ice and getting a chance to contribute. One little thing we made that's gone kind of off the off the uh, Stanley Cup uh, uh, rings, uh, but uh, what about? Uh, this thing with the Parisi and Suter in terms of buying out their contracts. I mean, uh, did yeah, they kind well, of negotiate well, you know, have, the amount of buyout yeah, because have, it could be a free agent? Yeah, but the buyout. Of the why would they do that and, if it, uh, when they've got the uh, they've got to put some team players out there to get picked up by this new expansion team? Wouldn't they have a chance to get picked up there as well? Well, they do. It just all matters what what the, what the players want to do. So you have Parisi and Ryan Suter. They both signed uh, huge contracts. I believe they were maybe twelve or thirteen years, um, you know, year contracts for a hundred million or around there. But uh, very very large contracts. They're very long. And um, you have a new GM that's in town for the Minnesota Wild, Billy Guerin, and uh, who's my age. And I played with Bill on a, on a couple U.S. teams. And you know, I think it's. Sometimes it's just time to to go in a different direction. And uh, and Suter and Parisi, I believe they're on 36. They're both 36. And uh, you know it's it's a business decision and and maybe some salary cap saving right there. Uh, they also felt like you did say, Dad, is that if they were on the roster, then you have to protect two players because they had no trade clause in their in their contracts. So that. Uh, Helps out with a couple spaces that the Minnesota Wild can, you know, protect a couple players from not not having the Seattle crack and being able to draft them. So there's some elements to that, and there's also elements that sometimes uh, when a new GM comes in and and sometimes they want to put their stamp on the team. And you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to Ryan and and see what that what what that all means, but. You know, there's opportunity. I think uh, I think Ryan's going to look at this as opportunity. He's a free agent now. There's probably some other teams that uh, he could fit in very well that uh, will make a run for the Stanley Cup. So great opportunity for Ryan Suter. Well, it sounded like from what I've heard recently that uh, a little bit of discussion regarding the Boston Bruins. That would be interesting because he, he would get joined up with your good uh, friend and teammate, former teammate Kevin Dean. Yeah, well, uh, Kevin Dean, Madison native, who played uh, for New Jersey Devils and played at New Hampshire College Hockey and coached the defenseman there. So I'll have, to, I'll have to maybe call him and see if he can get him the scoop. But Colorado could be a good fit as well. As uh, you know, Ryan still has a lot of gas left in the tank. And if anyone watches Ryan Suter play hockey, I mean, he's very efficient out there as a defenseman, very strong on his skates. And so there is a lot left in Ryan Suter's career. So I think he's, it's going to be uh, interesting to see which teams make a play for him and where he wants to go and, and play for a couple of years to try to win a cup. I suppose that doesn't preclude uh, Seattle from trying to uh, sign him as well, does it? No, it doesn't. But I, I don't think that interests Ryan at, at his point in career. Um, I wouldn't think so. Is that uh, you know one thing is missing from his resume is, is is winning a Stanley Cup or going deep in the playoffs and I and any kind of player he's made the money he's he's made All Star games and he's done a lot of great things in his career but when you hit to that 
you know, mid thirties, so to speak, and, and talking to some of these players, it's like, let's go win the cup. And so I, I think that's where, you know, he's going to take a, take a good hard look at which team where he can fit, you know, he's left-handed defenseman and where, where the, the pieces sort of fit in for him. So it'll be an interesting summer and uh, just happy for him. I mean, really, it's actually a great opportunity. I mean, they could uh, you go from the wild who did okay in the playoffs, but you know, maybe Ryan can catch on with those elite uh, eight teams or elite four teams and uh, and have a chance to win uh, win the ultimate prize. Well, it certainly kind of reminds us there's an awful lot of good uh, Badger players that are in there. Mavelski had a great year, and he'll be coming back, I would guess. And uh, in the coaching ranks, you got Donnie Granada was named the head coach at, uh, at Buffalo, and and Tony here, and so it's uh, kind of a good day for Badger hockey, as Bob Johnson would say. But uh, what, do you, what do you think for next year? Then? Any pro- prognostications for the, whether Tampa Bay can, uh, can uh, well, finish it off? Or who do you think Captain is going to be, be right in the mix? Uh, you definitely have to look at them. And, and a lot of that has to do with some some people just, uh, you know, fly, he flies under the radar as the goalie, Vasilevsky. I mean, the players have really come out and said, without this guy, I mean, we would be uh, we would be an average team. And uh, it all revolves on them, you know, making a team from the goalie on out. And when you have a young goalie like that who can stop the first shot, maybe even the second shot, and steal some games, you know, you got a leg up on on the rest of the team. So um, I tell you what, I like I like who uh, that they are the favorites. Uh, if they have they have all these core guys coming back. Um, the way they've been partying, uh, you know, up and down the rivers of Tampa Bay, I think they enjoy winning, and they have a good core, they have a good coach, and so uh, and a good community going on. So something to be said for Tampa Bay these days, and uh, you can't count them out, that's for sure. Well, thanks for every uh, session you put in with us this year, with giving us an idea of what was going on in the Stanley Cup, and we'll uh, look forward to having you back next year, hopefully, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Barry. You bet. You guys have a good one. Take care. You too. This is the Pat Richter Show. We're keeping Pat. Uh, we'll do Silence of the Week next. Run to .5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. You're listening to Medicine's Home for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Takes the three. God! 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin on demand. Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Alex, I cannot tell you how happy I am. So I switched to Scalzo's spot here at the ESPN Madison Studios. Greg Scalzo now basically working out in Milwaukee. Yeah. My headphones that I'm wearing now, Wisconsin Sports Awards headphones, they're nice. And they weren't working on the other. Oh. Little system over there, and we all thought that maybe the headphones were going. I'm like, that's a little weird. Like, why would they go? All I do is the show. Like, right. there's not a lot of stress on them. And I switched. And now I can do it, and I hear myself better. Uh, I can hear you better. Everything's clear. Good for us. Yes. And Greg always said I was deaf, 
it's because those headphones were so bad to really hear myself in there was difficult. But I also want to tell you, I'm sure Stoughton Health can help with if I do have hearing problems, but they also help with uh, Dr. Schwab, a board-certified general surgeon who can help with many simple and outpatient procedures to alleviate varicose and spider veins. Visit StoughtonHealth.com to learn more. Stoughton Health, creating excellence together. Time now for Sounds of the Week on the Pat Ricker Show. These are the Sounds of the Week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet and Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. Jim, you're really throwing me off by being in a different spot than normal. I'm living life here now. Yeah, like you good. can see me. Uh, we should have gotten scouts out here a long time ago. We should have. You're totally right. Hi, Pat. Welcome back to your own show. How are you? You're, le- you're letting these people into the uh, <laughs> inner sanctum here pretty soon. Yeah, we're really pulling back the curtain here. It's uh, it's a little too much. Maybe we should just get in back to <laughs> sports and Pat's takes. Uh, Pat, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an option here today. Would you rather start with the Bucks or would you rather start with Aaron Rodgers? Well, let's start with the Bucks because we know we're always going to get there. And <laughs> you're absolutely correct on that one. Uh, let's start with Alan Hahn, who's been filling in on the morning show here on ESPN Madison. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He had a take this morning about why Giannis isn't getting any national respect and a little beef that maybe some of us didn't realize uh, with James Harden. Here's Alan Hahn from this morning. Another guy said to me, plain and simple, he goes, "See James Harden's comments. That's how people really feel." That's how like the elite players feel about him. James Harden, as you remember, and this goes back to when Giannis won the MVP in 2019. Harden was happy about it. He said right after that, I think the, once the media creates a narrative about somebody from the beginning of the year, they take that narrative and run with it. Because, you know, media does vote on the MVP. Mm-hmm. Giannis's response was, well, that's their opinion. You know, like, like uh, the trophy's in my house. So it starts a little beef there. So now All-Star happens in 2020, and Giannis is one of the captains. He's picking a team with LeBron. And you remember this is on this was on TNT, it was on national TV. Mm-hmm. He actually passes on James Harden when Charles Barkley asked him, "Wait, wait, wait, you don't want the dribbler?" Meaning James Harden. He said, "I want somebody who's going to pass the ball." So it goes from there to James Harden and a sit down with Rachel Nichols. And this is from just after that in February 2020. James Harden's reaction to Giannis, this was pretty strong. I wish I could just run, run and with seven feet and run and just dunk. Like that takes no skill at all. <laughs> I gotta actually learn how to play basketball, how to have skill. You know, I take that any day. He'll take that any day. Uh, I hadn't realized this, Pat. This beef between James Harden and Giannis. Have you heard any of this before? And what's your takeaway? No, I hadn't heard any of it before, but it's not surprising. I suppose everybody's getting a little tired of uh, the Aaron stuff, and they'll just shift it over a little bit. But it looks <laughs> like it's almost set up. If in fact the Bucks. Uh, don't pull it off, then he looks a little bit of like a wizard. And if you do, obviously Giannis has changed his style a little bit. He's not just a run and dunk type of guy anymore. He's doing a lot of things. And if it's 40 points, uh, that's the way it is. But if if you're not hitting baskets like Harden is doing, you're not doing providing much help to your team as well. So it's, yeah. it's just I think Giannis is a little different person that they're used to. He maybe doesn't think a little bit the only of the wide lines of a James Harden or some of those bigger guys in terms of reputation, but I think he's he's right for Milwaukee, and that's what's most important. One one guy's playing in the finals, one guy's not, right? Exactly. Those are older cuts, though. The James Harden yeah. thing, yeah. That I had heard that, and I guess Giannis. I'll go with what Kendrick Perkins said last. We talked about it last segment on first take. 
Like we're all hyperbolic right now. The Milwaukee Bucks are getting the benefit of it. If the Suns win, people will be talking again about point God Chris Paul. Yeah, it's it's the fruits of labor. It's why I try not to get too high or low on what national people have to say about the Packers, the Bucks, Badgers, or whatever. When things are going well, they're going to talk nice about you. And when things are a little bit questionable, they're going to talk good about you. You go to any market in the country, they're going to be mad when national folks pick on them. So this is another example. The, what Giannis is doing, yeah, look, it's I've been clear about this before. Like Shaq and, and those type of players, they're not my favorite to watch. It, uh, Giannis is amazing. What he's doing is fantastic. He's not my favorite player to watch because it's a different. It's a game I can't even relate to, but it doesn't mean it's not special. Not any seven-footer can right. do what Giannis is doing. It's incredibly rare what Giannis is doing. Yeah, Chris Paul and what he's doing is more relatable. I love watching that because I can wrap my brain around sure. it. Same with Booker. But what Giannis is doing, you cannot put it down at all because there are seven-footers all over this earth that can't do what Giannis can do. So Harden, obviously... Really picking a fight, he shouldn't be picking. Yeah, you're totally yeah, right. Great take. There's always there's always a different way to skin a cat, and I think that's what's happening. Is he's doing a little bit differently, and and I think that the media, for the most part, always likes to have something ne- negative to chew on, and and I think he's just kind of setting it up a little bit that maybe uh, the ultimate re- result here is not going to be uh, favorable. But the fact is, they went through Brooklyn, and everybody thought they were the ones. Mm-hmm. And now they got a chance to play it against more of a complete team. It might change a little thinking about what it does take to win a championship. Totally. 2-1 in the series right now. Phoenix on top. Game four tonight in Milwaukee, Pat. Raja Bell, former NBA player, joined KJZ this morning and talked a little bit about home court advantage. I want you to take a listen, and then I'll have a question for you in the back end. Milwaukee has to win tonight. Obviously, you can't go down 3-1 to one going back uh, to Phoenix. So Milwaukee just needs to hold serve. And if they do that, I'm not going to panic on Phoenix. I'm not, because the, the home court in this series seems really, really valuable. I mean, it is in every series, but this one seems just a little bit more. I'm going to take that a step further. He says, home court in this series seems very, very big time, right? But I think, Pat, and I said this earlier this week on the jump around, home court advantage in the NBA is much more than any other sport. Have you noticed that, especially in these NBA playoffs? I think that's right. I think a lot of it has to, and I think maybe even a little bit in hockey in some respect. But uh, sure. yeah, I think with respect to these playoffs, everything is so close and so tight, and you know, especially with uh, Giannis and the way the countdowns on the free throws and things like this. I mean, it's, it's a little bit more intense, and I think that. Yeah. Uh, Especially after the pandemic, I think that things have gotten up their game a little bit in that respect. I think people realize in a vacuum like that, it's not as important. And they're going to kind of show off a little bit and say, we'll be a little bit nasty, a little bit loud and everything else and show how big an advantage it really is. I'm with you, Pat. What do we got next? I'm going to try to make this a smooth transition from Bucks to Rogers. Okay. So, Pat, I'm not sure if you saw the viral now viral video of Packers offensive lineman David Bakhtiari and his father, Carl, chugging beers the other night. Did you get a chance to see that? No, I missed that one. (laughs) Well, Carl was chugging beers, and it it makes sense where David Bakhtiari gets it from. Uh, Carl joined Scalzo and Brust on Monday and was asked if he thinks Aaron Rodgers will be back in Green Bay. His response? I have no doubt Aaron will be back. Aaron knows better than anybody. He hasn't said a word. It's all the journalists that are talking to sports writers, but Aaron, he will be there because he and David and that whole offense is is just, they dominate. And if we have a defense that could be championship caliber, you watch the pack go to another NFC championship 
and win. That guy's a ham. He's absolutely hilarious. Uh, so maybe he knows something we don't, Pat. What do you take away from Carl Bakhtiari's comments? Well, on? the obvious conclusion is that his son was talking to him, talking to him and I'm yeah. sure that David doesn't want that uh, to get out in that respect because that's what everybody's going to say. He's got it from his son. I doubt that he did. He might have his opinion, but he right. probably heard enough around there. They get a little bit of an inkling that uh, Aaron is going to be there when the chips fall down. And I think that that's, that's, I think, what everybody's coming down to that conclusion. It just seems like it, bits and pieces, they don't want to let go of the story. But I do think that uh, you know, he's a professional. And I guess the real question is saying, well, what if he does come back? What if he does, what is, if he is successful? What if he win a Super Bowl? What's going to happen then? That'll be the next story that'll come out. I just wrote that down, Pat. I want to talk about with you, talk about more of that with you next segment here. But look, I, I think uh, Bakhtiari Senior is just wish cashing. He, he, I mean, it makes the most sense yeah. that Rodgers is coming back. I don't think David knows, and also Mr. Bakhtiari a little bit off. Aaron has been pretty critical of the team in public, For so sure. the media has been making the connection and the jump. But Aaron's been critical. Next. How about we go to Aaron? He was golfing in Lake Tahoe this weekend. You said you don't think David knows. You don't think Bakhtiari Sr. knows. Aaron Rodgers says he doesn't know. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this week, and then uh, I'm going to get back to working out and figure things out in a couple weeks. Figure things out in a couple weeks. Pat, do you believe that Aaron Rodgers doesn't already know what he's going to do? Not in a minute. I, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I think he knows exactly what he's going to do. And I think he's probably has to parse those words real carefully in terms of making sure he gets a, a little bit of mystery out there. But I think he knows exactly what his timetable is and what he's going to do and how he's going to come in and how he's going to you know, take that team and, and do the very best job he had. I mean, you have to remember that he's, it's a very important thing for him this year, no matter which way direction he goes, whether he goes new team or eventually he just plays through the Packers and then becomes a free agent, whatever it is, this year he has to have a hell of a good year in order for that to happen. Yeah, I think he has two options of what he maybe wants and what he's preparing himself for mentally. So I think maybe what he he's still probably not lying there. Of It's probably more he doesn't know what's going to happen. I think he knows. Right. I, I honestly believe that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play for the Packers this year, but I also believe that he will play for the Packers this year. And I think those two things is what Aaron's just trying to figure out how to to mold together. That that's where I think this is is heading. That Aaron's going to begrudgingly play like a professional yeah. for the Packers, but and that's why he's still holding this up in the air as undecided because I, I just don't see a world where he doesn't play. But I don't think he's like dying to play for the Packers this year. Leverage is no, but he's going to have to play yeah. at a level that gets everybody still excited and saying one year later is he still the same guy, and that's that's what that's what he's got to do. And usually in the past he's done it. Yep. That was Sounds of the Week, brought to you by Sinman Chevy in Mount Horror. But I want to tell you about Oak Park Place. They offer seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of care that you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place with locations on Madison's east side and in the Nacoma neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. Visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. On the air, on demand, on social, on Wisconsin sports. Serving Wisconsin sports fans. This is 100.5 ESPN.
districts around the Madison area. There's Buck and Honey in Sun Prairie with the Sun Prairie Deer District. Make sure to check out their 7-foot by 12-foot big screen TV on the patio from Celebrations Entertainment. That'll be out there on Saturday. Draft House in Verona, the Verona Deer District. Headquarters in Oregon, the Oregon Deer District. And State Street Brats in Madison, the Madison Deer District. We all love State Street Brats. $12 pitchers of Coors Light. TVs all over the place and a large outdoor patio. So enjoy the Bucks tonight or uh, Game 5 Saturday at any of these great locations. Again, Madison Area Deer District, State Street Brats, Headquarters, Draft House, and Buck in Honeys. This is the Pat Richter Show. Almost a jump this is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Pat, I wanted to talk to you about a topic that we talked about yesterday on the jump around. And this idea, and you kind of touched on it, that Jason Wildey, and maybe uh, Alex can dig up the, the quote here. Jason Wildey started to say something about how he doesn't see Aaron even having an interest in a long-term contract with the Packers now. And Peyton Manning saying that this was like probably the time that it's too far gone into the, into the offseason to not have Aaron Rodgers. Like he'd have to be traded within the next week for it to make any sense for him to be with the Packers. So most likely he'll be with the Packers. Here's Wildey and his thoughts about Aaron Rodgers' future with the Packers. I don't get the sense that now he suddenly wants to sign like a four-year extension that gives him the same money as Patrick Mahomes and ties him to the team. You know, that's what he wanted originally. But I'm not sure that he isn't at a point with especially Goody and Mark Murphy that he's like, no, I think I'd rather come back and then have more options next spring. That was from Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. That was Jason Wildey. And honestly, I'm really coming to the conclusion here, Pat, that I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Packers this year. And regardless of what happens, this is his last year with the Green Bay Packers. Tauscher's had a, some sort of idea, and I think Jeff Saturday threw it out there that there'd be a handshake deal between the two teams that, or between the two sides of Rodgers and Packers that, that this would be his last year and they could structure something that way. I just think it's going to be a handshake, and I think the Packers are going to be hamstrung by his contract. That's going to be the price they pay. There's no free agents to be added because they don't have any real room, so hopefully there's no injuries. But I don't see Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers two years from now, but I do see him playing for the Packers this football season. I think you're exactly right. In fact, I'm not sure in two years from now whether we even see Aaron playing. I mean, I think that he's, this time that he's had off here, I think he's started to open up some other doors and some some things that maybe now look a little bit more important to him than before, and maybe the the Brady thing isn't necessarily his only option, certainly. And, and I think even this is television is uh, with uh, you know, the Jeopardy and whatever. And so I think that, you know, he's he's got a lot of options out there, but I think that he's going to keep them open and, and not be strung up, like you say, and kind of tied together. But so, so I think we've got to expect, unless all of a sudden they catch lightning in a bottle and go to the, and go to a Super Bowl, maybe win a Super Bowl that, uh, uh, maybe give everybody an option that maybe is a little more palatable. Pat, I wanted to change gears here a little bit and talk about Trev Alberts and Nebraska. He is named the athletic director at the University of Nebraska, which, look, it's a name. Scott Frost, I believe they were teammates. I know they played in a very similar era. Trying to throw it back there in Nebraska to find out uh, the right you know, way for that athletic department to go forward. They're a good example of, I think a lot of people would assume these two schools in Wisconsin and Nebraska could be parallels athletically, but 
uh, starting with you, Pat, and then to Barry and hopefully continue with Chris McIntosh, the leadership at the top of the athletic departments have really helped separate these programs where Nebraska football is more of a middling football program. Maybe seven to eight wins is kind of their par normal season right now. Badger basketball has never been able to find footing. At best, they've been respectable at certain times, uh, let alone the other sports there. So it, it does speak to what leadership can bring. I'm not sure what Trevor Alberts can bring, but it's a name that we definitely know. Yeah, and he's someone that has had experience in it. He has been an athletic, I'm not sure, at some smaller school that he's been an AD there. But uh, I think what happened is that they've had a good run with it. They run up through uh, Tom Osborne, and he was a great leader. And uh, then when they shifted the gears and went to the outside a little bit and and had some difficulties, he had someone uh, who saw an I-course who was here who was a good athletic director, but he decided he wanted to make a change with their football coach who would have averaged close to nine or ten wins, and that didn't work out. So I think what they want to do is kind of go back to the roots and provide the same opportunity for Trev Alberts. And he's coming into a situation where, just like I did when he came in, you don't want to disappoint the people that you know so many well, and, and he does have a great deal of friends and former teammates and things like this. The thing you have to be careful of is making sure you you give an honest evaluation of the football coach and whether or not Scott Frost is the guy. I mean, he's he's had a little bit of struggle thus far. I don't know that you can really say, well, that's because of the athletic director. And so I think that's something you're going to have to work on a little bit. But certainly he'll have the incentive that uh, that I had in terms of motivation to make sure that you want to do the very best job that you can and not disappoint all those friends that you have around you. Pat, as always, we appreciate the time. This has been the Pat Richter Show. Okay, Jim. Good night. This has been the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand.